0: It's time for JB and the General, presented by the Omni Nashville Hotel. Live on WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Call or text into the show right now. 615 844 5600. That's 615 844 5600. Broadcasting live from the Strike and Spare studio, here's News Channel 5's John Burton and Patton Cooks.
1: Oh, hi there. Up and running on a Thursday, J.B. and the General, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Coming to you live from the Strike and Spare Family Fun Center studios, we are presented by the beautiful, luxurious, five-star Omni Nashville Hotel, John Burton, Patton Cook here, you there. General, good morning. Good morning, John. Happy Thursday. Yeah, it's Thursday. Boy, the weather was beautiful yesterday and, uh, we might be done with winter, knock on wood.
2: It was baseball weather.
1: It was baseball weather. The Vandy boys getting a win, bouncing back from mm-hmm. the Dayton loss with a win, uh, yesterday. We're going to talk to Corb's at 925. Uh, boy, they've run the gamut so far. They've played every kind of game you can play. And just the uh, short amount of games that they played. So, uh, we'll talk to Corvus about that. Uh ten twenty five, Chris Sanders, the hero, the champion, former Titans wide receiver, will join us. And uh, you and I, we also do the podcast with uh, normally Keith Bullock. Chris is going to fill in for us this week. Keith's out of town. And uh, we get into a little thing we like to call petty news. Because there's a lot of pettiness these days in the oh, sports world, is there not?
2: I- one or two a week at least.
1: Well, we may we may do a little preview of petty news this week because uh did you hear about well, what these what the the members of the ninety Chicago Bulls are doing? Uh no. All right. Well we will get to that. Okay. That's that's what we call the business a, a tease. tease right, right. Um by the way, uh this is day four of our new program, week one. And uh, the feedback—I don't know about you, Pat. And the feedback we've gotten, I've gotten, has been out, outstanding. And we thank you so much for supporting the show. Like Dougie Fresh loves the show. He texts me every day after the show. He's like, <laughs> "You guys are great." And then it really feel—it really makes me feel good because as as I was talking about on Monday, you know, Greg Pogue's doing, has been doing this for twenty four years. He's developed a loyal following. Uh, he's almost like a cult leaguer, leader, leader right? Greg Pogue. And for a lot of those listeners to, you know, shift over to us and how we do things. And like we said at the beginning, we're going to do a lot of things the same. We're going to do some things different. We're going to try some things. And, you know, some of the things we try, some of the ideas we come up with are going to bomb. That's just the reality of it. But, you know, we'll just go on to the next one. So uh, I'd be curious to know what kind of feedback you've gotten on the show so far, because I will say this. The, the number one stamp of approval for me is producer Debbie over at News Channel 5. Producer Debbie says she loves the show and she loves you. She's like, I just love listening to Patton. I mean, she, I think she likes you more than me. I can understand. She, she has to work with me. I can be a pain in the ass to work with as, as you're finding out. So, you know, I, the feedback on the show has been outstanding. And like I said, I I thank you all. So hopefully you're getting the same kind of positive feedback. Absolutely. Uh, A
2: couple buddies have tuned in, have interacted with the show. Uh, Of course, the parents are going to love it anyway just because that's what mom and dad are supposed to do. Well, yeah. Tell me I'm doing it. We're so proud of you, Matt. Exactly. But
1: (laughs) but the day that producer... But But here's the thing before you continue. Yeah. You know mom guilt, right? Yep. I'll tell you a quick story. Back when I first started my career, I worked in Syracuse, which is basically my hometown I grew up like 45 miles east of there and all the Syracuse stations were broadcast in my hometown of Rome Westmoreland New York right and so you know I moved out of the house I'm on my own now I'm working I'm doing my thing and you know I called my mother one day and she said uh so when are you coming back home to visit me I'm like I don't know mom I kind of busy I got this going on She goes well I guess I'll just have to watch you on TV this weekend cuz that's the only time I get to see you because <laughs> you don't you don't you don't come home to visit your mother so you may get that yeah. You know you may get that mom get well I guess I'll just listen to you on the radio with that Burton guy because you don't you know you don't come visit your mom. I know. Well, and
2: luckily enough for me, my mom is this time of year for her. So a uh, choir teacher at DCA, she's right in the midst of a uh, show choir season. So uh, even when I was in school, it, uh, at least when I wasn't in choir, I wouldn't see my mother from the months of really February till about April. Uh, really? Just because.
1: It's music- almost like tax season.
2: Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. She's Good got night, the new school. She's got show choirs. Like if you have also- an accountant
1: in the family, this you're not going to see them till like. You know, sixteenth of April after all the all the taxes are filed.
2: Yeah, this is her Super Bowl week for about three months. But uh, the the day that producer Debbie stops tuning in and, and liking the show, John, I think that's when we just need to. That's when we need to you know, close wrap the shop it up.
1: and uh, call it a day. Yeah. Now she can't listen all two hours, but she's but she says she she made it a point to come by my yep. desk yesterday and say how much she's enjoying the show so far, and we hope you are enjoying the show as well. Six one five eight four four. 5,600. So, we're going to start with Vanderbilt. They lose last night at home to Georgia. Didn't shoot well. Didn't particularly play well. They're playing a Georgia team that came in losing six in a row. And you would never know that Georgia had lost six in a row based on the way (laughs) they played. And so, this just further fuels the speculation about Jerry Stackhouse's future as head coach of the Vanderbilt men's basketball and... Man, you know, you know, you saw some some good individual performances. Uh the Lewis kid had 18 points mm-hmm. off the bench, shot the ball really well. Man, you know that guys that kid's a dog. He's always going to give it his effort, but you know, Georgia comes out on a 12-4 run and and the game was pretty much over after that. They never trailed in that game and you know, you're at home, you have an opportunity to beat a team that's struggling a little bit and you know, once again, the kind of, you know, I'm just telling it like it is, Pat, and they just, they, they, they laid an egg again.
2: Yeah, and led as much as 23 in that game. And once that hit, it's not on the players necessarily to go out there and try and prove a point for your head coach, but uh, it certainly didn't help matters because we had Joey Dwyer on yesterday and he heard him say some of the players really don't have that confidence that their coach is going to be there next year. Mm. And I, I think, if they wanted to kind of prove a point, they would have came out fast, came out quick, yeah. came out to a lead in that game yesterday. Well, that didn't happen uh, from the very beginning. And like you talked about it, it is just throwing more uh, brush onto the fire. Smoke is continuing to go up uh, on the Jerry Stackhouse rumor train, and he addressed some of that in his press conference. We'll play a little bit later on. But pretty, pretty sad to hear him talk, uh, John, and I, I hope that kind of tone gets over um, on the air, whenever we play his press conference, he looked pretty beaten to me. Um, just kind of listening and watching his body language. He looked like a defeated basketball coach.
1: Is he letting go of the rope in your mind? Maybe a little bit. I mean, that's, that's, that's a tough accusation to throw out there. Right? We're not that type of show. We're not coach killers. We're not anything like that. We just want to get to the root of what's going right. on, right?
2: And I think more than anything, not that he is, uh, not that not that he likes his fate at this point, but I think he's, he's I think accepted. He he, he's accepted. Where I think he's he at knows right because
1: now. yeah, uh, you know, reading some of the quotes and just you know, we played a little bit last night on the on the on the newscast, more of just a reaction to what happened in the game. We're going to get to you know all that later, all right. uh all that other stuff later. But yeah, it just sounds like he was you know talking about well, nobody was talking about the net a couple years ago. Now everybody's talking about the net and. We've had injuries and we've had and I'm not accusing Stack of making excuses, but it's it feels like there's he's trying to justify the situation where they where they are right now, and why they are where they are. But I want you know, we did. We heard from a lot of Vanderbilt fans yesterday. We want to hear from you again today. Yep. 615-844-5600. You can call us. You can text us. Why don't we go ahead and play Jerry Stackhouse's post-game press conference from last night? Obviously, he addressed the game, the loss to Georgia, but there there were a lot of questions regarding his future. All
3: right, we'll start with the opening statement from Coach and then take questions for Paul.
4: Obviously uh, disappointing uh, for us tonight. Again, I thought this was a, a game that we'd come out with a lot of, lot of energy, and we didn't really have the energy to start the game. Uh, our guys were, uh, we, we had had looks, um, but uh, Thomason was got going early. Um, I thought we did a much better job of controlling them in the second half, but he he was able to get some separation for his team, and I think that gave them a, a lot of com- gave uh, his teammates a lot of confidence as well. But um, we. Kept fighting, kept grinding, um, had had some opportunities to make some timely shots, but um, didn't, what was unfortunately, didn't, didn't see any of those go down for us to put a little bit more game pressure into the game.
5: Mm-hmm. Questions for Paul? Paul, you lose by 12 points, but also a career high 18 points, what went well for you? And how do you put your personal personal high aside and also focus on the team's loss? How, how, we'll Talk about those emotions.
6: Um, I think the difference for me was just being more aggressive Last game, I came in real passive, and I was turned it over three straight plays, and I know that's not usually myself, so I just, I watched that film, and I just, my main emphasis was just to be aggressive when I got in and make the most of my minutes, and then, I mean, it's cool, like, yeah, I scored, whatever, but the main goal is to win, so we didn't win, so there's still work to be done. That's the way I'm looking at it.
7: Paul, people talk about this team's backcourt, mainly Ezra and Tyron, but you came out and shot it with a lot of confidence today. What is it like for you, the goal of trying to fit in and make it a three-headed beast for the guards?
6: Um, I don't really pay attention too much to that. My main thing is just trying to help the team win. That's just, that's the only focus I have going into games.
3: Paul, well, do you feel like you were more confident today than in past games?
6: For sure, um... I'm not, I'm not sure what it was. I, I think it was just my mindset going into the game. Like, I really made it an emphasis to be a lot more aggressive and assertive. And it also carried over defensively, I feel like. I think that's what helped me be more confident, too, Like just being into the ball on defense and bringing energy.
3: Do you feel like that's maybe something you can take going forward, that aggressiveness?
6: For sure, for sure. Um, we need some spark off the bench, especially in a game like where we start slow like we did. So, for sure.
7: From a player's point of view, what did you see defensively against Georgia tonight?
6: Um, They hit a lot of tough shots, and I think once they started hitting those shots, it kind of stretched us out because you got to close out a lot harder when guys are hitting shots like that. All
3: right. Thanks, Paul.
6: Appreciate it. All right.
3: Questions for Coach? You guys only had five turnovers
4: tonight, but about 36% from the field. Can you kind of pinpoint what happened offensively? No, just I mean, we, we, we didn't make the shots. You know, I thought we got got looks. We, you know, got into paint. I thought we shared it. Um, you know, a couple plays in in the first half, we took some you know tough shots from, from a couple of our younger guys that you know, we had some guys open. But for the most part, I thought we moved it pretty good. We got into the paint. The Ball moved around, and um, just it, it didn't fall for us. Uh, especially in the second half, I thought we had some, um, you know, real real opportunities there. To um, some good looks from, my, from from my better shooters that uh, that didn't go down for us. And again, and I think because of how they shot it well in the first half, we wanted to you know stretch out and push out to those shooters a little bit more in the second half. And they were able to you know get a lot of a lot of paint scores. I thought that they drove the ball, and even though shots was contested, I thought Van had a good couple beads on. Um, um, on Demery a couple times in the basket, and he was still able to convert. So it was just just one of those games where they to give them credit that they that they made the plays that they needed to. Thought they cut really hard um, out of some of their sets. They got some easy, a couple of easy opportunities at the basket, basically from our cuts. I didn't think that we you know defended it that poorly, but just their their um, pace of how they were coming off the cuts offered a couple of easy opportunities for them in the second half as well.
5: I rebounded 39 and 26. What went wrong on the boards today?
4: No, I just got to get more effort, more effort on the offensive boards. I think that's you know that's where it, where it is. I mean, it was a, kind of balanced a, a little bit. Um, you know, what rebounds thirty? You know, defensive rebounds. A lot of that was just probably our misses. right? I mean, I, I really try to look at the offensive rebounds. I didn't. I, you know, we held them to like seven offensive rebounds. So there, a lot of those defensive boards just come from from us not converting. You know, offensively. So I think we got to got to score. If We score the ball better, and we shoot it at a better clip. Then um, probably that that's in a little bit more balance. But man, the big key for me is always looking at those offensive rebounds. And you know, we just we get guys, uh, you know, playing. You know, I thought Van did a pretty good job. He had eight boards. Tyron had had six boards. Um, you know, Evan had two. You know, but those guys that play Evan Taylor and and and, and JQ Roberts. Uh, we need those guys to, you know, especially at that spot, to get their hands on some balls, even if they don't rebound them. To get their hands on on some balls to try to give us some second chance opportunities as well. And, and and those guys didn't didn't have any of those, um, too many of those tonight.
8: What did it mean to see Paul have that career game
4: tonight? It was good. I'm happy for Paul because he, you know, he's, he's been continuing to work at it. I know he's, you know, been frustrated at, at times this year not being able to shoot it at the, you know, at the clip that he knows that he's capable of, and we know that he's capable of. So hopefully, this is something that can kind of, you know, spark him and um, and give us another. Uh, you know, another option off the bench to to, to get some scoring. Uh, our younger guys kind of hit a, have have hit a little bit of a wall. You know, so it's just so I was trying to get them through this tough stretch. Um, but you know, it's, it's good to have a guy that's been around a little while and knows what's going. And I, and I went with more of those older guys today. Add Jordan Williams into the mix a little bit more, but felt like this was a uh, you know definitely a, a game that, that we were capable of getting. So definitely disappointed that we weren't able to to shoot it well enough to to come out on top.
3: You mentioned some of those younger guys hitting the wall. Jason Rivera Torres has kind of been in a slump recently. What's your messaging been towards him?
4: Just to keep working, you know, keep – I think just to to keep, you know, coming in, he puts the work in and just – I mean, I thought he, you know, came in and made a good play, got off the ball early, got a good open three, and then he came in and, you know, and trying to draw fouls, you know, when they're not really fouling, you know, kicking out his legs and doing those type of things. He's just got to – come in and stay confident with a shot and make the next play when when it's uh yeah. when it's not there so it's you know uh, Malik Presley didn't really you know get get you know he didn't get an opportunity tonight you know maybe you know maybe could have threw him out there he, he does bring good energy to especially to try to get on the offensive boards and everything but I just you know didn't didn't feel really good with some of the things that they were doing and in, in, in the coverages as we went over the last couple of days. It didn't feel like he had a great grasp of it. So um, obviously he, he didn't get denied tonight. But you know, but, but again, it's always game to game. Uh, I think we're going to need, you know, going into a game like Florida where they have a lot of size and they really try to pound the offensive boards. That uh, we, we're going to need some of that the physicality that he brings on both on both ends to, to offensive rebound as well as get defensive boards for us. Oh, um,
7: teams or people always talk about. Keeping games close until the end because anything can happen at the end of the game. Your last nine losses, I believe, are all by double digits. How do you go about um, keeping things competitive down the stretch so that can happen?
4: Well, I mean again, it's, it makes shots. Man, it's basketball. You got to make shots. Same thing that happened tonight. Again, I think that's that's one of the things. Obviously, the game got away from us uh, early in uh, Tennessee. Uh, they they came out and they made a ton of shots. I mean, I mean they, they've done that to a lot of people. I mean, like you, you know, we've. Again, of at this point, I know it was the last game. I don't know where it was, but we've had the the toughest schedule in the SEC. When I mean, you talk about the strength of schedule of who we played, you know we we're number one. We sit at number one. We played the toughest teams earlier on. Um, this this was probably not one of those teams, but um, hopefully that as we get you know go down you know a little bit further down the stretch that. Uh, we're, we're able to get some of these wins and, and, and shoot it at a better clip, and rebound, and do some of the things that we've been doing over the last couple of games. The way we played against A and M, the way that we played it uh, against uh, Missouri, you know, we've got, got to bring some of the. We've been doing, we've been trending in the right direction, especially offensively. We took a step back against Tennessee, but we have been doing some things well. Just obviously, haven't been uh, finishing. Uh, finish uh, the, the end of end score hadn't been exactly what we wanted to be.
1: We'll get back to more Jerry Stackhouse's postgame comments from last night. Uh, that was more, uh, game reaction to what happened last night against Georgia. As we go further, he was kind of pressed about his future. Um, you know, there's been speculation that there is, uh, that the university is pondering his future. Um, we, you know, we don't have that sourced. We kind of do, but, uh, you know, so we'll see what happens there. We'll get into more Jerry Stackhouse, uh, uh, you know, with what he had to say last night after the game and then, uh, kind of more about his future. Uh, but, uh, up next, we're going to check in with Vanderbilt head baseball coach Tim Corbin. They get the win last night following the loss the previous night. And, uh, later on, your phone call 615 5600 JB and the General, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio.
9: This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services.
10: It seems like everywhere you look right now, someone is sick. This year, prepare your family for airborne invaders like bacteria, pollen, and yes, germs, with Navage Nasal Care. Navage flushes ultra-pure, refreshing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. Navage sucks out viruses, dust, and other airborne particles, all the stuff that gets trapped in your nose making you miserable. Don't get caught empty-handed this winter. Get Navage, the drug-free solution that helps you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier. Even better, Navage is HSA FSA eligible, so Navage is a great way to spend those funds before they expire don't wait a minute longer buy navage today and you'll breathe easier knowing you're putting your funds to good use navage is available online at navage.com or walmart walgreens cvs and Rite Aid. navage n-a-v-a-g-e clean nose healthy life
11: we all hear the radio ads about the irs they tell you to be afraid to be scared and they try to frighten you into calling i'm not here to do that Tax Relief Advocates is different. TRA is here to tell you that if you owe money to the IRS, whether it's $5,000, 50000 or 500000 we have a solution. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your car, at work, or with your kids, no matter where you are, call now. 800-617-0239. Don't lose hope. by visiting us online at tra.com or call 800-617-0239. That's 800-617-0239. Tax Relief Advocates. Real solutions for real people. It's just a few cocktails at happy hour. There
12: aren't any cops around. After every game, we always have a few. It's no big deal.
11: It was just a few drinks. I'm good.
12: Hey, I can hold my liquor.
11: I
5: drink and drive all the
11: time.
13: Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity as the return to the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale to each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person.
1: I believe this song is called uh, Jessica by Leonard Skinner. Is that right, Patton? That is right, right? You're not in your head in agreement? It says the Altman Brothers. Oh, the here. Altman Brothers. My bad. Yep. I Yeah. But uh, yeah, I got the name right, though. I, I knew a girl named Jessica once. Uh, never mind. Uh, we're joined <laughs> now by the two-time national championship head coach of the Vanderbilt baseball team. He joins us every Thursday at this time. Tim Corbin. Uh, Corbs, good morning. How are you?
14: Good, JB. How you
1: doing? I'm doing good, man. You got to be feeling better uh, after last night's game, bouncing back from the Dayton loss with a win yesterday.
14: Yeah, better. Well, I mean, we got a lot of work to do, sure. but uh, you know, anytime you you win a game, that's that's really what you want. That's the bottom line, and wins are so tough to come by in college baseball these days. And I say that just because of the nature of these teams. Everyone is pretty good everyone's got good players everyone has older players and uh, it, it just makes for tough competition so um, yep but you're right that's the bottom line.
1: I mean how much how much was this kind of a character win for your club I mean you know you got out to the lead on Eastern Kentucky they kind of fought back a little bit but you had enough at the end to hold them off and get the dub.
14: I think it, you know finishing off at the end was important it was important for our pitching staff because you get into Wednesday and now, as far as arms are concerned, you're you're going to certain kids who may have not pitched yet, so you're giving them opportunities. But that's how they grow. But if you can preserve a one or two run game, then uh, that that's a good thing. And you know that was kind of our that was kind of our our uh, mistake on Tuesday night. You know, we had a, a good lead, five to one, mm-hmm. but. It wasn't enough. We gave up a seven-run inning, which uh, and two pretty good pitchers, too, that we will get back out there again. We just imploded, and, you know, I've seen that happen before. But when it does, it's a shock to your team. And sometimes, you know, it can knock you back on your heels to where you don't rebound for a while. So uh, that was, you know, a good response to, to Tuesday for sure.
1: Just a handful of games so far, but it seems like, You've been involved in every kind of game. There was the thriller of the opener where you made that uh, rally in the 12-11 game and, uh, you know, the game Tuesday night and the game last night. I mean, overall, how would you assess what you've seen from your team so far? Like you said, understanding it's early, A, and B, understanding there's still a lot of work to, to be done.
14: Yeah, it's probably tough to say. I think defensively we've played well. That's That's been consistent, and that's that's a good thing. Uh, Espinel's done a really good job behind the plate, and we've defended the baseball in the infield and done a pretty good job in the outfield as well. I would say, from a pitching standpoint, Futrell was very good on Sunday, and Bryce Cunningham was good on Saturday, too. And now Carter Holton will will start on, on Friday, so it, it's more about balancing out that one, two, and three. If we can do that, we'll be in good shape. And then, you know, early in the year, we get those five game weeks, so it, it it stresses your pitching staff, not only ours, but our opponents as well. So, you know, for us, it's, it's once we get into about that third or fourth week and try to get a four-man staff and we try to lock down some roles, and then offensively we just start to grow. We start to find our personality. We still have some kids that have not played yet that I think are capable of helping us, and uh, we've got to get them on the field at some point. So I think there's a lot to be discovered here. I, I think it is just five games, but you develop fibers in five games. But at the same time, we want to know what our personnel is. So that's, uh, that's kind of the, the point that we want to try to get to as we move forward.
2: Coach, uh, R.J. Austin, I believe, in all five of your games has played uh, a different position each game and, and has looked a natural, quite frankly, in all five. What's it like to have a player like that you can really throw on any of the positions and looks pretty good in it?
14: Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's extremely helpful. I mean, there's a couple guys like that, Hernandez with the Dodgers. I mean, there's a couple guys that can do things like that, and they're extremely, extremely valuable because when you're looking for another bat, then you can plug RJ into different spots whether it's first base, second base, he can play all three outfield positions well. He's just a, you know, he's a baseball player but it's it's really beneficial because uh it opens up a spot for someone else and you talk about ultimate team players, well a guy who can play a lot of different positions is that because it does create opportunity for someone else because of the versatile versatility in him. But, he, you know, he's kind of like Austin Martin in the fact that he doesn't care. You know, I think that paramount when you're moving a guy around is he just doesn't care. He, as long as he's on the field, he's satisfied. And Austin Martin was that way, and I see that with R.J. too. R.J. just wants to play, and he doesn't care. There's no attitude change regardless of where he is. He just puts the glove on. Whether it's a little bit longer in the outfield, a little bit shorter at second base, a little bit longer at first base, he just makes the adjustment.
2: Coach, uh, you've had Jack Bolger at, at the leadoff position, and that caught a few by surprise in game number one. You've kept him there, I believe, all, all games so far. What have you seen of his uh, out of his at-bats so far this year?
14: Pretty solid. I, mean, I thought last night was good. Jack's one of those guys, if he moves the bat, something good's going to happen. Uh, I think in years past, he's one of those kids that sometimes is looking for the perfect pitch, but he's one of those guys that can really hit any ball anywhere because he's got hand-eye, knows the zone pretty good. And, you know, I'd say this about guys who know the zone, and I, uh, there was a kid played a couple years ago, he was player of the year, Sonny Deshera at, at Auburn, you know, good-sized kid, but really, really hit. And I, I think he'll get to the big leagues at some point. But he very, he knew the strike zone really, really well. Davis Diaz knows the strike zone really, really well. Bolger knows the strike zone really, really well. But the problem in college baseball is sometimes the zone is expanded a little bit just because of the nature of the strike zone. And it doesn't always reward a guy who knows the zone really, really well as it might in double A and triple A because the zones get a little bit tighter. So sometimes, knowing the zone, it's it definitely a good thing, but if you're one of those guys who knows that a ball is two balls off the plate, then they're not going to offer, then sometimes they can find themselves in situations where they're they're striking out looking. So it is, uh, it's one of those adjustments for a guy like Bolge and Diaz, where they may have to find themselves offering a little bit further out of the zone in order to protect themselves, but... I would say with both of them, and you mentioned Bolger, he's one of those guys, if he's moving the bat, something's good going to happen. He hit the ball hard three times last night, so he's very capable.
1: We're talking with Tim Corbin, head coach of the Vanderbilt baseball team. Coach, uh, you mentioned Alan Espinel behind the plate. He's been pretty good at the plate, no? He's putting the ball in play, coming up with some big uh, big hits for you so far.
14: He has. He's aggressive, too. He's is about as improved as anyone we have on our team certainly behind the plate, but I would say more as a hitter just from the standpoint of his offers and his command of the strike zone and his ability just to uh, get comfortable in the batter's box and and just swing the bat. He had a big hit last night, especially in the eighth inning where we needed an extra run. He got it in. Uh, And he's an emotional leader for us. You know, we ask a lot of him. He's good with the younger kids. He's good with the older kids. He's got a tremendous personality. He's got a tremendous work ethic. If you come in the facility at 6 in the morning, he's downstairs in the batting cages with his hood on and hitting. And this is a kid who plays all the time. And this is a kid that, you know, you, if you're a younger kid or even a middle aged kid, you say, this is what it takes to play. You know, this is, it, it's a time commitment, it's an investment. And I don't think everyone's wired that way. Uh, that they're, they're certainly not. But uh, he's one of those kids that has worked hard for everything he's gotten. His story to get to Vanderbilt was a, a tremendous one in and of itself. So uh, he's uh, he, he's certainly a, a wonderful kid and a wonderful leader.
1: Coach, take us back to the opener last Friday against FAU. You rallied to win in the ninth, a twelve to eleven game. You had to have been thinking, this is the opener. <laughs> This is the first game. Is it going to be like this the entire year? What was that experience like? Obviously, you got the result you wanted, but man, yeah, you know, that games like that will take a, a few years off a of coach's life. No.
14: Yeah, well, they. Yeah, I think <laughs> you're chasing the scoreboard in the ninth with one out and we yeah. score three runs, and you know we did score two of them with with two outs. So it's some big plays. Calvin Hewitt, I thought, was you know a big inspiration in that particular inning because he found first base and then he stole second and then davis diaz had a big hit and then vastine just putting the ball in play was uh, a big deal jacob humphrey came off the bench too and got the second base so you know there were a lot of guys that that came out of the the dugout to help us which is always good to see because you always got to be ready but you're right first first night first game chasing the scoreboard and then winning in a walk-off fashion at the on the last play of the game is, is pretty cool for the kids, but at the same time, if we could win them a little <laughs> bit easier than that, it, yeah, it would take a little bit of stress off everyone, wouldn't it?
1: Sure would.
2: Coach, you get a day off, and then Gonzaga comes in for three games. What challenges will they present for your team this weekend?
14: Well, they can always pitch, and they've always been a, a real, gritty, hard-nosed, offensive team. Mark Macktolf is their coach. I coached with him on the USA team in 2006, so I think a lot of Mark and he's a tough person himself he played football and baseball at stanford and played on an omaha team He was a fullback in football and just kind of knowing his makeup and what his team is about they reflect him in a lot of different ways but gonzaga is always one of those schools that is one of the best in the in their conference uh they're certainly known for basketball but they they play really good baseball and he's he's got a good team they had uh what, a uh, second-rounder last year, right-handed pitcher? They had, a, they had a lot of pro players that went out last year. So this is a, a team that brings back some older kids, some older transfers, and just be another tough battle. I think any, anyone we play right now is is, is difficult. So uh, we, we just have to get better ourselves.
2: For Carter Holton, do you expect the same sort of spot for him as last weekend, kind of coming in, in for, uh, for relief?
14: No, we'll start him. We'll, we'll open up and and start him on Friday. We'll go, uh, Holton, Cunningham, and then Futrell. So we got the two lefties that will bookend Bryce Cunningham. And, uh, we'll just try to stretch Carter out a little bit. We needed to start him off a little bit slower just because of volume. And he hasn't pitched that much going back to really last year. He pitched a little bit in July for Team USA. But when we got him back this fall, we just, uh, kind of built him up and then started him slow in the spring. So, you know, he too, we'll watch his pitch counts only second week, but he's throwing the ball well, and we just need to get him out there more. If we get him out there more, then we're going to start to realize who he has been in the past. He's he's a very good competitive kid. I
1: love hearing you talk about <laughs> other coaches around the country. Uh, Tim, who haven't you coached with, or who don't you know <laughs> coaching <laughs> college baseball around the country? <laughs>
14: That's just age right there. <laughs> <laughs> the issue is now you're you watching some of these guys coach right. like, the other night, and you recruited them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you recruited <laughs> them as players, and then you're going, oh, my gosh, you know, now this guy's <laughs> across the field from me. And now you've got former players who coach and former coaches who now coach. And so it's kind of fun to watch it. Um, but, yeah, you're right. As the years go by, you feel like you – you kind of got a handle on everyone that's at least uh, in your league but outside your league, too, and certainly Mark at Gonzaga, which is all the way across the country. Our, uh, our past goes back some a lot of years. 2006 was the mm. first time that we spent time together. So he's a neat guy. really like him a lot, and uh, he's got a good team.
1: All right, Coach, it's that time of the week, a tradition unlike any other. It carries over from the Greg Pogan, John Burton show to the JB and the General Show. It is now time for Tim Corbin's Dining Report. What do you have for us this week?
14: Well, this week um, I went to Neighbors. I've gone to Neighbors a couple times, and uh, that's right down in Sylvan Park, right across from the old McCabe's, which was kind of a staple of ours. But as far as pub food, I really like it. They've got a great chicken salad that uh i don't typically eat fried chicken on a salad but (laughs) there i do it's uh it's really good and i I like that place a lot it's a good place they got good tv so you can see any ball game but it's handy because right near the house i could drive my four-wheeler there and it takes about five (laughs) minutes so it's an easy shot to get get down there and get something to eat i love it and with maggie still out of town right now it you know it's it's a it's a it's a quick meal too so Mm. i enjoy that
1: well, you tell the fine folks at Neighbors if they'd like to get some uh, publicity, come uh, come check out the JB and the General Show. We can help them out. All right, I'll do that.
14: <laughs> I'll do that for sure,
1: Coach. Thanks so much for joining us. Good luck this week against Gonzaga. Okay. Yes, thank you both. All right, there he goes, Tim Corbin, the Dining Report. You're going to get it every Thursday when he joins us throughout the season. Uh, and in all seriousness, you know, obviously a lot of changes here, Patton, at the station, but. It's it's great to know that we're going to have Tim Corbin on with us every week throughout the season. It's always a great educational and entertaining listening, to, talking to Corbs.
2: Yeah, no matter what. Even coming off a loss, he's one of those coaches. He's willing to open up with us. And mm-hmm. really appreciate that that about Tim. And for a kid who's kind of been a fan of his for a long time, cool to ask him a question or two.
1: Absolutely. All right, when we come back, we're going to get into a little preview of what we're going to have on the uh, podcast show this week. Uh some pettiness by one of the best dynasties in the history of sports. Find out what we're talking about next. You're listening to WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio.
15: Looking for something to take your mind off this traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list plus $75,000? or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million. All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun. Please play responsibly.
8: To start your free online visit, you need to go to this exclusive address, hymns.com slash joy. That's hymns.com slash joy for your free online visit. H-I-M-S dot com slash J-O-Y.
13: Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. This story is called The Ugly Truth About Timeshare. If you think you've done your family a favor by buying a timeshare, you need my help. Hello, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Call my office now. If we take you as a client, I guarantee we'll cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing.
10: Call for your free information kit. That's
12: 800-462-3333. 800-462-3333. When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, coworkers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare Family Fun Centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling, games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skate, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at strikeandspare.com.
10: Strike and Spare, where
12: fun is bowling.
1: Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5. And it's Pat and Cook from Nashville Sports Radio. We are excited for our new show, JB and the General, every Monday through Friday right here on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio.
2: Talking all things Titans, Nashville SC, Preds, anything you want, we can talk.
1: And we don't mind going off the beaten path once in a while, as well. Again, that's every Monday through Friday, nine to eleven, right here on WNSR. Hey, we got a promo running on this, on our station, Pat. How about that? We've made it. We are officially a show now. We're official like a referee's whistle. That we are. JB and the General, we're coming to you from the Strike and Spare Family Fund Center Studios, presented by the beautiful Omni Nashville Hotel. So, Patton, I alluded to this in the opening of the show, and we'll get to, back to more uh, Jerry Stackhouse talking a little bit, uh, his future at Vanderbilt, such as it may be. But I heard this driving in this morning. So, obviously, a few years ago during the pandemic, There was not a whole lot going on. Sports was shut down. The world was basically shut down. It was an uncertain time uh, in our lives, right? By the way, you can call us, 615-844-5600. And you remember when the last dance came out, right? It was supposed to come out in the summer, but they moved it up because, you know, we were all basically shut into our homes. Nobody could go anywhere. There was a global pandemic, and so... It got monster ratings, right? And we all know that the Last Dance documentary—I don't know, six, seven parts, whatever it is—I uh, think you can watch it on Netflix. But when it premiered, you know, it was—it was—it was a show topic for us. This is before you got here, you know, we'd come in every Monday and talk about it, and you know, it was fascinating, right? It was an insight. I'm sure you've seen it. Most most of our listeners, you haven't seen it. I have not seen. it. Pat, you haven't seen the Last Dance? No, I. Uh, I I don't need. You're kind of an anti-Jordan, pro-LeBron guy, right?
2: Yeah, I I don't need propaganda.
1: Okay, like well that's kind of. I'm glad you mentioned that. I'm glad you put it that way because this was kind of a Michael Jordan production. And like, I understand yeah.
2: I, I will get hate for that. Nah, I, it's that's just, all right. Welcome to those. my world yep.
1: as a as a pro-LeBron kind of you know more pro-LeBron than Jordan guy. Yep. I get a lot of heat, and I'm you know I get at mention all the time. Whatever. So. But this was basically Jordan's production. Nothing that aired on that documentary aired without Jordan's approval and his okay. I mean, it was more... It was supposed to be about the Bulls dynasty of the 90s, but it was probably 85% Michael Jordan, right? And, right, you can understand why. I mean, he's widely considered to be the greatest player of all time, this, that, and the third, whatever, six championships, never lost, blah, 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 blah. Well, three... Pretty significant members of that Bulls dynasty team—they are actually going on a tour. It is Scottie Pippen, Luke Longley, and Horace Grant. They are starting a tour calling the No Bull Tour, and supposedly they're gonna—they're going on. They're gonna talk to people, talk to—I guess they're gonna take Q and A or whatever—and give their side of what went on during the the Bulls dynasty of the nineties basically saying everything you saw on the Last Dance documentary isn't exactly the way it went down according to us. So in other words, they're going to give their side of things, and they, the three of them didn't like the way that they were portrayed in the Last Dance documentary. Like I said, those are three significant players, Luke Longley, Horace Grant, and especially Scottie Pippen, who was – you know, Robin to Jordan's Batman all those years for all six championships, right? I mean, Jordan didn't win a championship without Scottie Pippen by his side.
2: I'm guessing uh, Jordan won't be making any surprise appearances Jordan, uh, on this Jordan uh, has, tour.
1: No, As far as I know, Jordan has nothing to do with this. But it sounds like there's going to be some pettiness going on oh. with this. And I like it because I'm petty. I am the chief petty officer. I am Petticoat Junction. I am Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. I am Richard Petty. Well, and, and. And, and, I mean, Pip has, you know, he's, he's kind of gone done a media tour since the last dance went out, basically came out. Basically, you know, he didn't have a lot of favorable things to say about playing with Jordan all those years.
2: Well, and it, it, I think it's, if it's fair for Jordan to come out with his side of the story, which is basically what that documentary was, and so be it. I mean, it's fine. It, garnered a lot of attention uh, i don't i don't know why these guys can't go on their little media tour and give their side of the story because it's like with anything it, it the truth is somewhere in the middle uh, right no matter what what these guys say and what jordan says the truth was somewhere in the middle they were both pro- probably all you know what to each other and, and here we go so um very petty Stuff I'm
1: sure we'll talk about as uh, Mm -hmm. stuff will come out of this story. They're starting in Australia. I don't don't know all the details about the tour, but I guess they're starting today or tonight in Australia. And they're going to tour, I guess, all over the world and give their side of the story of what Mm -hmm. it was like being Michael Jordan's teammates during the dynasty years of the Chicago Bulls. Now, here's the thing. You know what's going to happen, right? All these clown-talking head shows on the major networks, they're all going to dog those three guys saying you're petty, you should be happy that you got to play with Jordan and win those championships. You know that's going to happen, right? That It's par for the course. Yeah. I can't believe you haven't seen the last dance, bro.
2: No, and in, in part of it, it's quite frankly, it's embarrassing. It's probably it's a personality trait of mine to not have seen the last. It's like not so. This is sh- by
1: choice. Yeah, th- this is it's like- not one of those things where I haven't got around to it. No. I mean, you had plenty of time during oh, the pandemic. You could have watched it. Uh, I,
2: I was I had more than enough time to play an abnormal amount of video games. Instead, I, I did that instead of watching the last stand.
1: Right during COVID. Well, there was a story about a security guard that was playing uh, the pitch and pennies game with Jordan, and he beat him. And uh he famously looked, you know, they had cameras behind the scenes and he looked at he looked at the camera and shrugged his shoulders <laughs> like Jordan did in game one of the NBA finals against the Portland Trailblazers where he hit a million threes. And uh so unfortunately that, that gentleman has passed away, but we actually didn't Steve did an interview with his son wow. and so we did it as a feature, got him on Zoom and all that kind of stuff. I guess he's got ties to the area or whatever. Okay. Or or either to Middle Tennessee or Tennessee. Somebody out there can fact check me or correct me, I'm sure. So, you know, we go we do the intro, it's one of those dual intros, we're doing Sunday Sports Central, and Steve goes, Well, we've all enjoyed watching the last dance and I said, We sure have, Steve. And he says this was not scripted. He said, And this documentary clearly shows that Jordan is superior to LeBron James or any other player. I just looked at him, I go, Really? Does it? <laughs> All right, we'll be right back. Wrap up our number one, WNSR.
16: BuyandTow.com. Get cash for junk cars. You have a vehicle that's become a problem? You can get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. They'll buy your vehicle no matter the condition, in your driveway, at your mechanic shop, or even on the side of the road. You can call them at 615-480-6473 or visit BuyandTow.com. Get cash in your hand today and your vehicle hauled away. 615-480-6473. BuyandTow.com. That's BuyandTow.com.
10: We all make resolutions this time of year. And let's face it, most of them won't stick. But here's one that's not only easy to keep, but will help you feel healthier all year long. Navage. Navage provides quick, drug-free nasal relief by washing saline in one nostril, around the back of the nose, and out of the other nostril. This time of year, when everyone is sick, Navage helps by sucking out germs, bacteria, and viruses trapped in our noses that cause us to feel miserable. And come allergy season, it does the same with dust, pollen, and other allergens. And unlike medications that can take time to help, if they're effective at all, Navage helps treat congestion symptoms in seconds flat, without drugs. This New Year's resolve to use drug-free Navage to help you breathe easier, sleep better, and feel healthier all year long. Ask for Navage at Walmart, Walgreens, CVS, Rite Aid, Target, or find us online at navage.com. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E, clean nose, Healthy life.
5: Gas, groceries, utilities, you name it. The price of everything is going up. And if you're stuck in a bad timeshare with rising maintenance fees, the financial burden can be crushing. It is time to get your finances in order and get the real facts about that timeshare that you are stuck in and your options to get rid of it.
16: you know, you've probably heard by now that the Nashville Cats are coming back to Music City. Well, you are correct. They're coming back and they're coming in hot starting April 27th with the first of five home games at the historic Municipal Auditorium. There will be an additional game at FM Bank Arena in mid-May up in Clarksville, and that will be honoring our military. Single-game tickets as well as season tickets are on sale now. For more information, come visit thenashvillecats.com. It's a Bill game. Show. this
17: Nick Saban topic is so interesting I was thinking about the future the new teams that the SEC and the B1G are bringing in and the Big 12 the 12 team playoff the lawlessness the constant change but now we enter the next playing portion without Nick Saban weekday
0: mornings beginning at six on sports radio 560 on 95.9 FM
1: We're gonna hit the post.
2: 956 on a
1: Thursday. How you doing out there, Music City? Coming up, we got Traffic and Weather together on the tens. Chris Sanders is gonna join us as well. Right now, it's Huey Lewis and the news of the power of love on Yeah, (laughs) Remember that
2: bit? Oh god.
1: (laughs) Mr. Johnson came in here and was like, cut it, cut it, stop!
2: yeah ted that was in the automation already yeah
18: right?
1: we didn't that was not planned we apologize ted yeah that was not again what did we say sometimes we're gonna come up with ideas and bits and they're gonna bomb that's fine. that one bombed that yes. one died a horrible death that was the hindenburg and i uh i take a large responsibility <laughs> nah for, bro for that. that's all me i just yeah that was <laughs> i put you on the spot and uh Oh, well, you know, you live and learn, right? That 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 you do. So before the break, we were talking about the, the pettiness of the Chicago Bulls going on tour with their No Bull Tour, talking about what really went on. And it was funny. I, was, I told that story about introing the piece we did on the uh, son of the uh, security guard that beat Jordan in the pitching pennies uh, contest that they had. And Jordan was pissed <laughs> that he lost. You know, Jordan didn't like to lose anything. Right. Jordan was, like, legit pissed. And uh, I told told you about what Steve said. Like, oh, this documentary clearly shows that Jordan is the greatest of all time and he's better than the And I just keep in mind, Steve Lehman, I love him, my partner at News Channel 5 Sports for uh, going on 12 years, is from Champaign, Illinois. Okay? Lord. Just just so you know. So having said all this, now, are you going to watch The Last Dance or are you still like, eh, you know? Probably not. Uh,
2: will, I'll be completely honest. Dude, Pro- probably I love you not. for that. No. Can I
1: just say I love you for that? I, <laughs> you stick to your pettiness. You step, dude. Pettiness is the is the nectar of life.
2: And John, this was before I met you, so I right. mean, This was just kind of destined uh, destined to happen. But now I, I probably won't. But I I don't know. It's it, it, it's good. It's like telling people you haven't seen Star Wars before. It, right. It, it gets everybody riled up. It's like oh oh wow wow wow. So no. No, yeah, I mean,
1: no, no. there's like there, there's certain classic movies I've never watched. I've never watched The Big Lebowski. It's on my DVR. I just yep. haven't got around to watching it. I, I taped it one. I saw you know. I taped it one day. It's sitting there. I'll you know. I haven't watched The Big Lebowski. Yeah. Yeah. You know, all these famous movies that everybody from the '90s that everybody talks and quotes and you know. So I I like that. You stick to your guns, young man. I like that. There's nothing wrong with being a little bit petty once in a while. Why not? <laughs> Why not? (laughs) All right, coming up uh, straight ahead, we're going to talk more about Jerry Stackhouse, his future at Vanderbilt. Chris Sanders, former Titans wide receiver, is going to join us at 1025. And then your phone call, 615-844-5600. Stick around. Hour number two coming right up. WNSR.
11: News. I'm Sherry Preston. Thousands of AT&T cell phone customers dealing with little or even no service today. There's no exact reason why it's happening, but the company says it's working as hard as it can to try to fix the problems. President Biden considering executive action at the border to confront the influx of migrants, that issue the most important to many voters in the upcoming presidential election, they say. Alabama's biggest hospital halting IVF operations while they examine the state Supreme Court decision declaring frozen embryos are People. For doctors and clinics, it's a legal liability that could force them to close their doors.
2: Nobody has the answers of, of, um, of how do you navigate this.
11: Matt Clary and his wife froze their embryos and plan to start another round of IVF this summer at a clinic in Birmingham. Now, with so much uncertainty, they're contemplating if they need to go through the process in another state. It's ABC's Elizabeth Schulze, sales of previously owned homes rising 3% last month. This is ABC News.
0: Welcome back for the second hour of JB and the General, presented by the Omni Nashville Hotel. Live on WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Call or text into the show right now. 615 844 5600. That's 615 844 5600. Broadcasting live from the Strike and Spare studio, here's News Channel 5's John Burton and Patton
1: Cook. Hour number two of our radio program, J.B. and the General right here on WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Great to have you with us on a Thursday. John Burton, that's me, Patton Cook, the General, that's him. We are coming to you from the Strike and Spare Family Fund Center studios. We are presented by the Omni Nashville hotel and Patton we started off the show our number one talking about Jerry Stackhouse's future at Vanderbilt another loss last night uh, at home to Georgia never led in the game down by as many as 23 at some point Georgia came in a struggling club having lost six in a row and uh, that was the uh, quintessential get right game for them there's been all kinds of speculation now about Jerry Stackhouse's future he addressed it last night Somewhat we will, uh, we will, uh, let you hear what he had to say in just a couple of minutes. By the way, Chris Sanders, former Titans wide receiver, joins us every Thursday. He's going to join us at 1025. Oh, by the way, Nashville sc getting into action tonight, right? That's Mocha FC in the DR. Uh, first round of the first leg of the CONCACAF Champions Cup.
2: Yeah, leg one of two, uh, Leg one, of course, you mentioned in the Dominican Republic. That game will be on Fox Sports Two tonight. So, uh, if that's in your cable package, great. If not, tough. So, uh, (laughs) no other, no other way to say it other than that. Uh, Leg two will be at Geodis Park uh, on the twenty eighth of February. So, Mm -hmm. um, yeah, big. And then they've got an
1: MLS game coming up Sunday, right? Correct. So they. it's so weird. Explain to our listeners, man, because you're basically bouncing back and forth between these these tournaments and your regular MLS schedule, which I still quite, haven't quite gotten used to. Now, they qualified for this Champions Cup tournament based on how well they did in the League's Cup last summer, correct?
2: Correct. And if they do happen to make it through, uh, who will be waiting for them on the other side of, of, of MOCA? uh in Miami and Lionel Messi so um that wow. is what uh, awaits for Nashville SC but to your uh, point yes it it's exactly like what the NBA uh did this season with their in tournament or in season tournament yeah. where they're kind of switching on and off from season play and for Nashville SC this is one of possibly three tournaments or some kind of drama surrounding the Open Cup. That's something we can get into in a later date, John. Mm-hmm. Uh, MLS teams not exactly wanting to send their first uh, team to this. They would rather send their uh, their MLS Next Pro. So uh, for um, Nashville SC, they'd want to send their second team uh, effectively. That's some discussion being put around right now. We'll see how that ends up. But definitely, they're going to have the Leagues Cup again this year. So um, this is one of three competitions, at least, that they will be in, MLS, Leagues Cup, and now with the CONCACAF Champions League, but big one tonight, first time ever in Nashville SC's history that they will play in that tonight, and possibly a few new faces that they will have uh, getting on.
1: Yeah, evening. yeah. Um, so this Champions Cup, what do, what do we need to know about that? I mean, is it is it a big deal? A uh, big deal in this part of the world,
2: so... If you're a soccer fan at all, I'm sure you've heard of the UEFA Champions League, which is basically uh, the European model of what Nashville SE is doing right now. They have
1: All the professional clubs compete in it. Correct. Or or or, or, or eligible to qualify yeah, for it. Yeah, the
2: top four basically of all the top leagues in Spain, Germany, England, and Italy all get together and then throw in Netherlands and a couple other countries in there as well. But start out in the group stages. And from there on, it's two-leg ties. So Nashville SC, they have two legs against Mocha. It'll be the so on and so forth until you get to the final. And then that is one and done type game. So, um, yeah, fans will learn about it. I invite everyone to go to NashvilleSC.com. They did, I thought they, not that they necessarily needed to do this, but they gave you what the, CONCACAF Champions League is goes into great depth on uh, all the rules and nice. all the uh, scheduling on that. So they, they did a good job. They understand uh, fans, from me myself, haven't watched much of this. So uh, that's how I got most of my information. Well,
1: why don't you do this? Why don't you provide a link to that information on your Twitter X handle? We'll do. At Patton underscore Cook. By the way, you can follow me on Twitter at John Burton 3234. It used to be at John Burton 32 for a long time, but then I Elon Musk got me. And uh, I don't know why I got singled out, but it's a long story, and I had to switch handles, and I'm still still upset about it because I lost a lot of followers. Yep. And not that that's the end-all be-all, but it's just, you know, I had a good thing going right, on the Twitter X deal. I mean,
2: for your job, right. Titans-related, you yeah. want to have as many people to see your stuff as you can. Exactly.
1: Yeah. So anyway, all right, so back to Jerry Stackhouse. Vanderbilt loses last night. We had Joey Dwyer from VandySports.com on yesterday. Go back and listen to that, folks. It was a really, really good info. He provided a lot of good info. Uh, Good guest. Good job by you booking him, Patton. Um, And he basically said without saying, you know, it sounds like discussions are being had over on West End about Stackhouse's future. They come out last night. They play a Georgia team that had lost six in a row, and you're you're thinking – all right, this is a chance for them to get off to a good start and 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 you know and get a win and get everybody feeling good, um, at least for one night. They never led in the game. Georgia came out, started the game on a twelve four run, led by as many as twenty three at one point, as we said. Uh, and Vanderbilt really was never in it. You know they had you had Paul Lewis off the bench with eighteen points. Manion, you know, did what he could do, but it was just it was clear. Pretty early in the game that it wasn't going to be Vanderbilt's night. So, with all the speculation surrounding Jerry Stackhouse, he was asked about it. Uh, we're gonna we played part of his post game comments in hour number one, but that was mostly his reaction to the game. We're gonna play a little bit more of that again, but we're also going to get into when he was asked about his future at Vanderbilt.
3: You guys only had five turnovers tonight, but about thirty six percent of the field. Can you kind of pinpoint what happened offensively?
4: No, just I mean, we we didn't make the shots you know I thought we got got looks we you know got in the paint, I thought we shared it um you know a couple plays in in the first half we took some you know tough shots from, from a couple of our younger guys that you know, we had some guys open, but for the most part, I thought we moved it pretty good. we got into the paint, the ball moved around and um just d- d- didn't fall for us uh especially in the second half, I thought we had some um you know real real opportunities there to. Uh, some good looks from my, from from our better shooters that uh, that didn't go down for us. And again, and I think because of how they shot it well in the first half, we wanted to you know stretch out and push out to those shooters a little bit more in the second half. And they were able to you know get a lot of a lot of paint scores. I thought that they drove the ball, and even though shots was contested, I thought Ben had a good couple beads on um, um, on Demery a couple times in the basket, and he was still able to convert. So it was just just one of those games where they to Give them credit that they that they made the plays that they needed to. Thought they cut really hard um, out of some of their sets. They got some easy, a couple of easy opportunities at the basket, basically from our cuts. I didn't think that we you know defended it that poorly, but just their their um, pace of how they were coming off the cuts offered a couple of easy opportunities for them in the second half as well.
5: I rebounded 39 and 26. What went wrong on the boards
3: today?
4: No, I just got to get more effort, more effort on the offensive boards. I think that's, you know, that's where where it is. I mean, it was a, kind of balanced a, a little bit, um, you know, what, what rebounds, 30, you know, defensive rebounds. A lot of that was just probably our misses, right? I mean, I, I really try to look at the offensive rebounds. I didn't, I, you know, we held them to like seven offensive rebounds. So there a lot of those defensive boards just come from from us not converting, you know, offensively. So I think we got to got to score. If we score the ball better and we shoot it at a better clip, then um, probably that that's in a little bit more balance. But you know, the big key for me is always looking at those offensive rebounds. And you know, we just we get guys, uh, you know, playing. You know, I thought Van did a pretty good job. He had eight boards. Tyron had had six boards. Um, you know, Evan had two. You know, but those guys that play Evan Taylor and and and, and JQ Roberts. Uh, we need those guys to, you know, especially at that spot, to get their hands on some balls, even if they don't rebound them. To get their hands on on some balls to try to give us some second chance opportunities as well. And and, and those guys didn't didn't have any of those, um, too many of those tonight.
8: What did it mean to see Paul have that career game tonight?
4: It was good. I'm happy for Paul because he, you know, he's, he's been continuing to work at it. I know he's, you know, been frustrated at, at times this year, not being able to shoot it at the, you know, at the clip that he knows that he's capable of, and we know that he's capable of. So I mean, hopefully, this is something that can kind of, you know, spark him and um, and give us another. Uh, you know another option off the bench to to, to get some scoring uh, our younger guys kind of hit a, have, have hit a little bit of a wall you know so it's just so it's trying to get them through this tough stretch um but you know it's just good to have a guy that's been around a little while and knows what's going and I, and I went with more of those older guys today add jordan williams into the mix a little bit more but felt like this was a um you know definitely a game that that we were capable of getting so definitely disappointed that we weren't able to to shoot it well enough to to come out on top
3: you mentioned some of those younger guys hitting the wall jason rivera torres has kind of been in a slump recently what's your messaging been towards him
4: just to keep working you know keep i think just to to keep you know come in he puts the work in and just i mean i thought he you know, came in and made a good play. Got off the ball early. Got a good open three, and then he came in and you know, and trying to draw fouls. You know, when they're not really fouling, you know, kicking out his legs and doing those type of things. He's just got to come in and stay confident with his shot and make the next play when when it's uh, when it's not there. So it's you know, uh, Malik Price. He didn't really you know get get you know he didn't get an opportunity tonight. You know, maybe you know, maybe could have threw him out there. He, he does bring good energy to. Especially to try to get on the offensive boards and everything, but I just you know didn't didn't feel really good with some of the things that they were doing and in, in, in the coverages as we went over the last couple of days, it didn't feel like he had a great grasp of it. So um, obviously he he didn't get denied tonight, but you know but, but again it's always game to game. I think we're gonna need you know going into a game like Florida where they have a lot of size and they really try to pound the offensive boards that. Uh, we, we're going to need some of that the physicality that he brings on both on both ends to to offensive rebound as well as get defensive boards for us.
7: Oh, uh, teams or people always talk about keeping games close until the end because anything can happen at the end of the game. Your last nine losses, I believe, are all by double digits. How do you go about um, keeping things competitive down the stretch so that can happen?
4: Well, I mean, again, it's, it makes shots, man. It's basketball. You got to make shots. Same thing that happened tonight. Again, I think that's that's one of the things. Obviously, the game got away from us uh, early in uh, Tennessee. Uh, they they came out and they made a ton of shots. I mean, I mean they, they've done that to a lot of people. I mean, like you, you know, we've again of at this point. I know it was last game. I don't know where it was, but we've had the the toughest schedule in the SEC. When you talk about the strength of schedule of who we played, you know we we're number one. We sit at number one. We played the toughest teams earlier on. Um, this this was probably not one of those teams, but um, hopefully that as we get you know go down you know a little bit further down the stretch that uh, we're, we're able to get some of these wins and, and and shoot it at a better clip and rebound and do some of the things that we've been doing over the last couple of games the way we played against. A and M, the way that we played it uh, against uh, Missouri, you know, we got, got to bring some of the. We've been doing, we've been training in the right direction, especially offensively. We took a step back against Tennessee, but we have been doing some things well. Just obviously, haven't been uh, finishing, uh, finish, uh, the, the end of end score hadn't been exactly what we wanted to be.
18: Uh, with the results, the way that they've been this season, you know, do you think that you've done enough to retain your job this after the season?
4: Well, you know, that's one thing about, about about my job is that, you know, whatever, you, I got hired here to do a job, and I've been trending in the right direction for a long time. Like, you know, I, I probably heard more things about net this year than, I, than I've ever heard about our net. You know, the last four years before that, when we increased our net every year, I hadn't heard anything about that. So, we've been doing a lot of good things, trying to trend in the right direction, and, and I know it's a lot of noise out there, a lot of things, but... You know, I, one thing I can say, uh, no weapons formed against me shall prosper. You know, what I'm saying because I got faith with the man upstairs that he that, that he put me in this position for a reason, and everything that I'm going through right now, um, you know, with this team and off the court is ordained, and the stuff that's going to make me better. And I really feel about that. Um, you know, I you know I hate that you know some of the narrative that keeps coming back you know, deals with, you know, a tweet or something from, you know, 21. I mean, if I could take it back, I wish I would. But at that point in time, that's how I felt, and that's how I addressed it. Um, But at the same time, you know, there's, you know, there was 12 disciples, right? And there's only one of them was a Judas. There's a lot of people pulling for me, and there's a lot of people pulling for our team. And And I just try to think about those people and and make sure that I continue to, to do my job and focus on, on these guys and helping them get better, and then I'll live with the result from there. All
8: right,
4: thanks, so. All right,
1: there you have it, Jerry Stackhouse uh, from last night. Uh he, Pat, he referred to, a tw- I guess, a tweet he had a few years ago. Do we know what that was about? I read uh, I read Aria's uh, article in the Tennessean, and she said she couldn't. She couldn't find it. Didn't know what that was referenced to or whatever. So
2: yeah. So um, <laughs> here's one. I think this is what. Uh, so back whenever the Pistons were going up for their head coaching job, they had fired. I can't. I can't remember who their coach was. Stackhouse's name was interested. Uh, was quote very interested in the Detroit Pistons job. And a fan tweeted it said, "Don't do it, Jerry. Please don't leave us." He replies, Lisa, don't listen to these clowns. Um, They have no access to me or the Vandy men's basketball program, so they choose to cater to the irrational and divisive 5.8% of Commodore Nation, Uh, which many took it as a political um, (laughs) who who they support Ah, in in any sense. So I believe, and he has left that up. So to me, I would rather him leave it up that tweet because, one, it's screenshotted into oblivion. Everybody's, right. any Vandy fan who wants it has it on their It's phone. in the cloud and, in
1: a, and it'll be in the cloud n- No forever.
2: point in deleting it. So right. I, I respect him from that front and I respect him for saying that. Uh, I, that I believe that is the tweet he has said, but he's also uh, DMed fans, mm-hmm. talking about uh, talking um crap about them in their twitter dms for comments they've made on twitter
1: so he's so he's petty like us he's
2: like us he's like us he's on social media he he reads the app mentions now i don't think he does anymore right 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 uh, but yes he has had quite the time on twitter
1: x wow or what did you make of what he had to say regarding his future
2: I respect a lot of what he had to say. I know, um, some fans have taken the, the scripture, uh, part of it a little out of context and he, he's a faith based man is mm-hmm. Jerry Stackhouse. He's very open about that. And I, the one thing I appreciate, not that he has, uh, outright said he's done a bad job, but he isn't numb to the fact that he is in a dangerous part right now in his tenure at Vanderbilt for his head yeah, coaching job.
1: He sounded like a guy who understands my days could be numbered here, right? And, and I, I gotta and I gotta be okay with it.
2: I, I, from those words, I don't think he's been told. Uh, right. Go ahead and get your uh, your your, your to go bag ready. And <laughs> yeah. You're about out of here. I, I don't think he's been told that by anyone over there. <laughs> Hope but,
1: you're renting and not buying. But
2: but he knows he hasn't won enough. In in year yep. five, it seems like. For the past two or three years now, the goal has always been to make it to the NCAA tournament. He hasn't done that. Last year was the closest he's ever been at Vanderbilt. This year, it's impossible. It's not going to happen for a variety of different reasons. But I think ever since the Presbyterian loss, John, I came on here and said, this season's
1: over. Yep, you did. I give you credit for that.
2: I I was probably a little uh, emotional after that, but just from what But I've been
1: like that, you know, the Giants will lose a game in like week three, I'm like, season's over.
2: Right, but (laughs) I just felt like the the way the past two or three years had gone, the narrative was that non-conference play, they weren't ready to go. And in game number one, they weren't ready. Uh, You lose Presbyterian, and you have to build up a lot of credit, and we knew the SEC was going to be as good as ever, and it has been as advertised, so... I thought it was interesting. I give Jerry a lot of credit. He didn't blow up to any student reporters over over there because really, other than J- Joey Dwyer over there right now, mm-hmm. everybody else is from the Vandy Hustler, um, uh, and those are Vandy college students. So There's no need <laughs> right. to blow up over them for asking them the questions right. uh, over there, so I, I give him a lot of uh, credit and respect him for that, but... He knows where he's at. Uh, I think everybody knows where he's at. I don't think a move is going to be made in season. That, that's my yeah, official I'm, I'm, IP I'm, I'm
1: convinced tried. of that. I think they're going to write out the rest of the regular season. They'll see what they do in the SEC tournament. Right. And then I think shortly after that, we'll know one way or the other. Fair?
2: I, I agree. I, I just, in we heard. Because Joe... again,
1: because I, I'm, so, I'm sorry to cut no, you no, off their, their patent, but, you know. I wanna emphasize, I wanna be clear, and I think you agree with me on this. We're not coach killers on this show. Right. We're not that's for you know, num nut down the dial in the afternoon. We don't do what he does. We don't no. do what a lot of shows do. We're not here to get people fired or calling for people's heads or anything like that. We're just stating the facts. We're just trying to be we're trying to keep it a buck here. Absolutely. And then and one thing Joey
2: said yesterday, they don't really have a great interim in mind on that staff. Everybody's pretty inexperienced. They don't have a a lot of former head coaches on that staff that they feel better than. So there's really not a great benefit in the firing now. The fans would love it, but in terms of the the locker room, the the players on the team, I think you owe it to them probably to let them carry it out the rest of the season. Yeah. I I'd say a day or two after the season is over. I think yeah, that's good not Yeah, don't one we'll
1: don't know. embarrass him with a with a late it wouldn't even be a mid-season firing, right. it'd be a, a late-season firing. All right, your thoughts on that. Give us a call 615-844-5600. But up next, we check in with the champion, the hero, former Titans wideout Chris Sanders, WNSR. <clears throat>
18: Oh,
12: beautiful gold rush with your sparkling top prize. You surely are a sight for sore eyes. And jackpot slots with your chance of $75,000 winners. Oh, how I'd take you for a candlelight
15: dinner. Uh, sounds like people are really loving the new February Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Play today for your chance to win up to $5 million. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly
16: attention business owners wnsr has some exciting opportunities for your business to thrive in the dynamic world of sports radio advertising as the proud home of some of your favorite sports teams like the atlanta braves memphis grizzlies and more we understand the power of sports in bringing people together and creating a passionate community we believe that your business can become an integral part of this experience reaching a diverse and engaged audience. Contact the WNSR sales team for an opportunity to discuss how Nashville's sports radio can elevate your brand to new heights. Whether you're interested in a specific sponsorship package or would like a customized solution, we are here to meet your advertising needs. Call 615-844-1039. 615-844-1039. Or email saleswnsr at gmail.com. That's saleswnsr at gmail.com.
11: Super fast and easy, and I can
9: cash out whenever I want. That's a total no-brainer. I'm downloading the free Upside app now.
15: Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code LIFT for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's promo code LIFT. You can cash out anytime, right to your bank account, to PayPal, or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code LIFT for a $0.25
18: a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code LIFT
9: This project is funded by the Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse Services.
0: It's the McFarlane Show with Darren McFarlane and Fox 17's Justin McFarlane.
19: Patrick Mahomes, he's in the GOAT conversation with this win. I'm calling him Michael Jordan, essentially, because he's taking other people's rings. There's no shame in losing to Patrick Mahomes. He's that good. If you just got bested by Patrick Mahomes... He just got bested by Patrick Mahomes. It's Patrick Mahomes, goat-level kind of guy.
0: The McFarland Show with Darren and Justin on Nashville Sports Radio WNF.
1: There we go. WNSR Nashville Sports Radio, J.B. and the General on a Thursday. Great to have you with us. He joins us every week at this time. He is the former Titans wideout, the former Buckeye (laughs) from the Ohio State University, the hero, the champion, Chris Sanders. Good morning, Chris.
20: Champion, what is going on? First of all, I'm going to start the conversation. I'm jealous right now because you got the perfect voice. (laughs) Just like I told you, man. I mean, you got the perfect voice. Hell, oh, man, Chris Sanders. <laughs> <laughs> no, like, what in the Sam Hill is going on? Hey,
1: man, we do it for you, man. You know, I appreciate. How's the weekend, bro? It's good. I get my radio voice out for the for the people that I really like. So, Chris Sanders joins <laughs> us, everybody. Here I'm on like, WNSR, Nashville Sports Radio. Good morning, I'm Chris. I
20: like, might like, like, is that Conway Twitty or <laughs> Billy Ocean? I don't know who, who we got.
1: <laughs> he stopped loving her today.
20: Uh, no. Hey, hello, darling. See, uh, I know a little bit about Conway Twitty. I know some Billy Ocean, too.
18: <laughs> want to you know
20: be he your had the, lover? You know he had the perfect lover, lover.
1: He had the per- <laughs> Oh, man, Billy Ocean was the guy. I told you, Christmas 1984, my mom bought me the tape. Billy Ocean. Oh, suddenly. was about? track No, it was cassette.
20: Oh my God! There's
1: probably about eighty percent of our audience that has no idea what we're talking about. Nothing, folks. Zero. There were there were cassette tapes, and then there were things called compact discs <laughs> that you actually had to go to the store and buy if you yeah. wanted certain kinds of music. Now you just go online and you know crazy. pick and choose what you want. Hey, Chris, this was the first uh, weekend without football, and I think yeah. we're all going through withdrawal. As a player, what was it like for you once the season was over? How how long did you Wait to before before you started training again. Like did you just like take two weeks or a month where you ate whatever you wanted, slept in, maybe had a couple of drinks or whatever? what, what was your off season preparation like?
20: You know, mine was I took about two and a half two and a weeks often just kind of spend time with the family but the one thing that I did is I, I love to train but I, I had to understand that there was foundational levels that I had to do I just want to just go out and just start running routes and running hills and doing all that stuff you got to remember as an athlete it's a process you got to build a base and, and some of the things that I did is the first thing I would do is I was ride a bike and kind of do things like that to just get my heart rate up and then sometimes I'll go in, in my basement and basically watch some film and do things like that but I did not really try to overdo it because we got to understand something that you do have an off season but then during the season, it's a long season, so your body has the repair, so that's how I kind of handle it, but then once I started to get it later on in the year, then that's when I started doing the heels, that's when I did a lot of sled work, and that's when I started to catch a lot of football, and that's kind of how I handled the situation.
1: Yeah, because like before you, before you started playing Mm-hmm. Um, like in the 60s, 70s. You made me sound old, though. <laughs> like like,
20: like, you're like can, I got the, the, the leather helmet to the one-bar face, man. You're kinda, yeah, <laughs> I
1: mean, back when you played with Bronco Nagurski. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, guys guys had jobs yeah. in the off season in the I early know, days of the please. NFL, so they didn't really start to get in shape until training camp started. They kind of oh, trained no. their way into shape. Around the time that you came into the league is yeah. when that mentality changed, right?
20: Oh, absolutely, because the thing about it is if you don't come in camp in shape, they're going to get you out of here. I mean, I promise you, they're going to be like, uh, Chris, could, uh, could you get your bags out of here? You know, you're not doing your job. But, 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 but at the end of the day, this is what it talks about. Everybody talks, everybody wants to understand what it means to be a professional. Being a professional is doing your job and doing it well. So what I had to do is I had to have the mentality to where nobody's watching me, nobody cares what I'm doing, but as a professional, I had to make sure I watched film. I had to make sure. I can't say eat right because I ate terrible. I'm eating Wendy's, Biggie Bags. Yeah, but you were young and you were a pro athlete. You oh, can burn and it off like hair. nothing. You know? And I had more hair, so I don't have enough hair. So i got to keep the growth in my
18: hair.
1: <laughs> I uh, I it's I funny because I, I was watching I was watching ESPN I was like, uh, <laughs> and, and Patton said, is that Chris Sanders? I said, no, that's Stephen A. Smith.
20: Oh, oh <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Hey, okay, see, I wasn't gonna get you since break, it, but I got, I got, hey, just like they said in Harlem Nights, nice, I got to cut you. Here we go. Uh, <laughs> hey, I was okay, I wasn't gonna do it because okay, I was watching this show, man. And yeah, my wife was watching, mm-hmm. and if this this guy came on and uh, he, he was kind of like walking in the show, whatever, whatever. She's like, baby, I didn't know that that uh, John played in a movie. He's like, baby, that's not John, that's Rock. <laughs> <laughs>
1: You know, you know now,
19: you do little kids. No, wait,
1: uh, no, wait. Dwayne Johnson rock or Charles S. Dutton rock? No, not D-Rock. No, no, rock, rock oh, the show rock. The show, okay, yeah. The Charles, show rock. Yeah, the, yeah. Okay. Let's, okay, let's, For, let's for those another. that okay. don't know, Rock, there was a show called Rock on Fox, R-O-C. <laughs> it awful. And it was played, it was awful. It was played by <laughs> Charles Dutton. He's the guy that, in if you saw the movie Rudy... He's the guy, the janitor (laughs) clapping at the end. So you're saying I look like that guy? Yes. Oh, Chris Sanders. Yes, I was going to say Gary Coleman or Billy Ocean. (laughs) I think
19: you started it. You started it. I did. I
1: did. I'm getting what I deserve. I oh, because
19: I, I, I had some in the chamber, and I was going to save them. I had a, on the safety lock, but I had to take the safety
1: lock off. All and right. I got hey, to hey, hey. it's on now. Okay, in case of emergency, break glass. The glass is broken, okay? <laughs> gotcha, man. Gotcha. <laughs> Pat, what do you got for Chris Sanders? Uh, Chris, uh,
2: I, I got a question for you. Sure. You were talking about kind of off-season training and sure. kind of experience, kind of what the 49ers have just went through. What was your off-season training after oh. the tough Super Bowl loss? How aggressive or did, uh, did you kind of have to sit in a dark room for a it, few
20: days? A few weeks. <laughs> I mean, you see, the thing about it is, is you know, it's it's not just preparing your body for camp. I had to mentally be ready because if you're coming off a Super Bowl run and you lose mentally, you're kind of it's it's kind of tough to get back to that. But what I had to do is I had to I, actually after the Super Bowl, I actually took about three and a half weeks off and did nothing. Mm. But then I but then I started looking in the mirror. I'm like, man. Your tummy's getting big, <laughs> so, and all of a sudden, you, and, and then all of a sudden, you comb your hair and you're losing hair, and you brush. I'm like, wait a minute, I got to go work out. So once I started, I got past the mental aspect of it. Now I had to get to the physical. The physical is, you know, um, you know, getting in the weight room with Coach Watterson, who's a great strength and conditioning coach. Getting with him, you know, you know, getting with some of the people that I trained with, with running sprints, running the hills, and, and just having a pattern of what I needed to do. Because the thing about it is it's kind of like. I'm not, kind of like illustration. I remember watching um, I think it was Rocky Three, and Rocky was given to the fight, uh, you know Apollo Creed. And his trainer said this. He said, "If you want to beat Apollo Creed, you have the one thing you have to do, you have to work on your weakness." So what he did is he tied his hand behind his back and he trained with his left hand, mm-hmm. so he went into the thing and beat Rocky. So I had to do the same thing as Rocky, is instead of focusing on what I did well, I had to focus on my weakness. What was some of my weakness? It's getting out of my cuts, making sure I understand coverages. So I didn't focus on what I did well. I had to focus on my weakness. So now, when I got into the season, I was prime and ready to go.
1: Um, obviously, new coaching staff with the Tennessee Titans, and I've asked Keith Bullock this, and uh, some of the you know former athletes that I that I know. For the existing players, the guys that we know are coming back with the Titans next year, what mm-hmm. kind of adjustment will that be for them to get? used to the new coaching staff, new terminology. How, uh, you know, how taxing will that adjustment be for the guys that we know are coming back?
20: You know, it's kind of like building a house. I mean, you've got to start a foundation. What's the foundation? It's building a relation with these guys. I mean, because you've got to understand it's 11 new coaches. You got Brian Callahan, you got Bill Callahan, you got Tyke Tover, you got Denaro Wilson, you got Nick Holtz, you got Steve Jackson, you got Tracy Rock, you got Randy Jordan, you got Bo Hardinger, you got Frank Bush, you got Ben Groom. I mean, those are a slew of coaches. But the good thing about it is you may have a slew, a slew of coaches. You've got to build a relationship with the players. And I think that with this group that you have the same terminology, the same thing that they talk about, is build a relationship. The one quote that I love that Denard Wilson said, he said this. He said, iron shall bend iron. What the heck does that mean? That means I'm going to lean on my players, I'm going to lean on my coaches. Why? Because we are a Titans family. So even though you've got a lot of terminologies, a lot of things going on, you've got a lot of different coaches, but the foundation level of it is, is I have to build a relationship with my players, and if I build a relationship with my players, then now let's build on understanding the offense and the defense.
2: Chris, we heard Nick Holtz talk a couple couple days ago last week, and, of course, he's not going to be calling plays right. for, for the Titans. How influence do you think he will have on the offense, or do you think this is Brian Callahan's show?
20: I, You know what? I think it's huge, and, I, and I'm going to tell you why. I know Brian Callahan's going to be calling the plays. But the one thing I love about Nick Holtz, he's a scheme guy. When I say scheme guy, he's going to bring a lot to this team. And when you talk about scheme, look at all the the, uh, the, the, the philosophy, not philosophy, but all the, the schemes that he was in. He was in the spread. He was in the West Coast. He was in the no huddle. He was in a lot of the spacing concepts. So when you have a guy like that with that that much knowledge, and then you got Brian Callahan and they come together with their knowledge, I mean, it could be a recipe for success. So even though Nick Holtz not calling the plays, he's still a vital part of what they're doing because they're putting their minds together to come up with a game plan that defeats a lot of aggressive defenses.
2: One of your fellow brethren, an Ohio State wide receiver, Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Marvin is going to go high in the NFL draft. What do you think the Bears um, should do, Chris? Should they take Marvin at one, to keep Justin Fields, or do you think they should move on from, from Justin I, I
1: Fields? They, By the way, I'm feeling very old because I covered Marvin Harrison's old man when I worked in Syracuse. But you know,
20: have you noticed they got the same mustache? Yes, they do. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, they look. I'm like, wait a minute, y'all can at least get a. Goal. You being y'all a mustache aficionado, by the <laughs> hey, way, you know a if, good mustache. Having played with Jeff quest, Fisher, if, if somebody ever questioned, is that your son? Yeah, that's him because y'all got the same mustache. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same. You know, Mar- <laughs> I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know what they're going to do with Justin Fields, but I think they should give him a chance because here's the deal. If you look at Justin Fields, I know he's been a little inconsistent, but this guy has a chance to make some plays. So now if you have the quarterback situation set, and you bring in another wide receiver like Marlon Harrison, and they both went to the Ohio Center State, there's a connection there. So if they have a connection there, then they can have a connection in the weight room. They can have a connection, you know, running around. They can have a connection. So if you have a receiver and a quarterback on the same page, they can do something great. But I don't know what their philosophy is. I don't know what they're trying to do. I don't know if they're trying to get Caleb Williams from USC. I don't know what they're trying to do. But at the end of the day, you need to find a reliable quarterback that has a connection with your wide receiver.
2: When you watch Marvin Harrison Jr., oh. Chris, what makes him a guy who's going to go in the top three probably in the NFL draft?
20: Yes, yeah, his technique. I mean, his technique is flawless. It's be, it, it looked like he's a polished receiver. And, you know, the first time I watched him, if you look on TV, you know, he doesn't he doesn't really look that big. But man, they did a wide view of him. That dude is long. He's tall,
18: mm-hmm. and his body
20: frame is huge. You know, he's got elite body control. He's reliable with his hands, and those are the things that you want as a wide receiver. But here's the one thing I love about him: is everybody talks about his route running. Everybody talks about him catching the ball. All that is great. But at the college level, he was making contesting catches with tight coverage. So now, when you get into the NFL you're going to come into a situation to where the coverage is going to be really tight, and now you have a big physical wide receiver that can make contested catches.
1: I want to go back to Justin Fields for a second. I'm glad Patton brought him up because he uh, recently uh, scrubbed all mention of the Chicago Bears off of his social media, and, oh. I th- and he had a pretty good explanation for it. He basically was like, listen, I'm just I'm tired of all the trade talk. You know, Whatever happens is going to happen. They're either going to trade me or they're going to keep me. But I just don't want to hear about it right now. I'm in off right. season mode. I mean, you know, we're, this is the social media era with these professional know, athletes, and it's so weird to kind of navigate through for older guys like us. But what did you make of that with Justin Fields?
20: You know, if, if I was sitting there as I'll, and I was mentoring Justin Fields, I would sit him down. I wouldn't talk about XO. I, I would talk about this. i say, Justin, the one thing you have to do is you have to take your emotions out of it. You have to. It's a business is they go, they're going to try to do things to better their team. But you got to make sure that if your emotions get into it, you're going to be fierce. And I'm going to give you a perfect example. Because my emotions, I was acting a stank one day, too, when I got cut. Because I was, just, I was just at the bowling alley. I'm going to get my Barney Rubble on. So I'm about to get a strike. <laughs> so, so I'm looking up at the screen. And I'm like, okay, I'm, about, I'm like, okay, I'm about to get a strike. And it says, you know, breaking news, wide receiver Chris Sanders gets cut from the Tennessee Titans. Wow. So now my emotions – or, like, why would they do this to me? I gave everything to this team. I shed blood on the field for my team. But as I started to call Jeff Fisher and, and let everybody have it, I had to take my emotions out of it. I had to say, okay, you know what? I'm a cap casualty. I'm making a lot towards the cap. They have to make a decision what's better for the team. Now, once I had a great attitude and, 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 and didn't have a fuss, here's the great part of the whole business, the whole situation I'm going to talk about is, when I got cut, I went to Cleveland. I got cut from Cleveland, and I'm just sitting home watching Judge Judy and Judge Joe Brown. I'm watching all the shows. <laughs> and and Floyd Reese calls me. He said, man, I just want you to come back and retire as a Titan. Wow. What if I'd have flustered him and said, you did this and I did this? He would have never brought me back and let me retire. as a... He knew I wasn't no good. My my back was done. But he signed me to uh, the last five and six games, and I retired as a Titan. So nice. take your emotions out of it.
1: Wow. You know, uh, Chris, as we wrap up here, you know, I've I've made a new friend recently and uh, we were hanging out watching a movie and we were watching the movie CB4, which came out in the early 90s. And she pointed at me, she said she pointed the screen and she said, is that Chris Sanders, the guy that comes on your radio show? I said, no, baby, that's that's Charlie Murphy. Oh wow! Oh my gosh! Well, I, I hey, I got one in the chamber. Guess what? I got one in the chamber.
20: I was I was watching Electric Company. A lot of people don't even know what they Electric Company. Oh
19: my god! And
20: I'm like, man, who's this guy with this afro and these these, these tight skinny jeans? And my my baby was like, "Baby, is that John from the show i said, no, baby?"
18: That's Morgan Freeman.
1: Easy Rita, that's my name. I say. Mm, <laughs> mm, mm. All right, Chris, you're gonna be you're gonna be a special guest on the podcast show uh, this week. I can't wait Bob. for that, and uh, we're gonna be taping that pretty soon. Always great to talk with you. Man, Thanks I so much. Appreciate you, my friend. Thank you, brother. All right, wow, he got me on the Morgan Freeman. We'll be right back. Nashville Sports Radio.
13: Hello, I'm Greg Pogue. Welcome to High Valley Conference Basketball Weekly Spotlight, presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office, a division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. Drug driving is the ultimate form of unsportsmanlike conduct. Tennessee Highway Safety Office reminds you that fans don't let fans drive drunk. In only the second season since making the jump to NCAA Division One and joining the OVC, Southern Indiana claimed the women's basketball regular season championship with a 72-64 win Tuesday night at Moorhead State. It was the first. First league title in any sport for the Screaming Eagles. Morehead State lost twice last week, and the men's standings is much tighter with two weeks to play. The Eagles at 11-3 and three have a one-game lead over UT Martin, Western Illinois, and Little Rock, all at 10-4. and four. Morehead State plays at Western Illinois Thursday in a key matchup. Western Illinois has won 10 true road games this season, tied with UMass Lowell for the most nationally. It is the most road victories for the program since the 1957-58 season. UT Martin's Jordan Sears became the second player in program history to reach at least 500 points and 100 assists in a single season. His teammate, Jacob Cruz, was named OVC Men's Player and Newcomer of the Week, while Southeast Missouri's Mark Bell was Top Freshman. Southern Indiana's Allie Saunders was also named both Women's Player and Newcomer of the Week, while her teammate, Chloe Gannon, was named Top Freshman. For complete information, this year's Ohio Valley Conference Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity Bank, which will be March 6th through the 9th at the Ford Center in Evansville, visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville. This has been the OVC Basketball Weekly Spotlight presented by the Tennessee Highway Safety Office a Division of the Tennessee Department of Safety and Homeland Security. If you've been drinking, don't drive, and always remember that fans don't let fans drive drunk. I'm Greg Pogue wishing everybody a great week of OVC Basketball. You won't believe it until you OVC it. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championships presented by United Fidelity as the return to the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale through each OVC school's ticket office, Ticketmaster, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person. Are you ready for some March Madness? Then don't miss out on any of the action at the High Valley Conference Basketball Championship presented by United Fidelity as the return to the Ford Center downtown Evansville for March 6th through the 9th as the first entries into the men's and women's NCAA basketball tournaments are crowned. All session tickets and single game tickets are now on sale to each OVC school's ticket office, ticket master, and the Ford Center box office. Visit ovcsports.com forward slash Evansville for more details and be there to OVC it in person.
1: Thursday edition of JB and the General here on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio. Great to have you with us. As we motor along, your phone call 615 844 5600. And for the first time today at uh, 1040, whatever it is, we go to the phones. RD and Kalioka. Hi, RD. Good morning, boys. What's you up? Got the new show rocking and rolling. Thanks, here. man. We're having fun, and I'm glad you enjoy it. It means a lot.
20: We're, ha- we're having fun listening. Thanks. This has nothing to do with Sports, but, Patton, you sort of came to mind last night. I was watching a uh, rerun of Pawn Stars, and the patriarch of the family, they call the old man, was waiting on a young couple looking at wedding rings. And the groom asked the old man, Well, with all your experience, do you have some advice for us? And immediately the old man responded, yeah, don't have kids.
18: <laughs> <laughs>
19: <laughs> now, Patton, please note, that is not my recommendation. Okay. Because I, I assure you, my children,
20: grandchildren, and now my new great-grandson have been and remain the
19: joy of my life. But anyway, I thought I'd give you a good laugh.
1: Keep up the good fight, guys. See you
19: later. Thanks, R.D. I Appreciate saw an
2: episode uh, on, on Pawn Stars. This guy came in and to buy an engagement ring and bought a Golden State Warriors NBA Finals championship ring as the engagement ring. <laughs> Not the most recent one, but the, the, the ones in the, I don't know when they won them before Steph Curry, but.
1: Uh they won one, I think, in the seventies. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Bought
2: a seventies NBA championship ring. With or, Rick Barry, I think, was yes.
1: shooting underhanded free throws <laughs> the year they won. Yeah. So, well, good for them. Screw the Warriors. Yeah. Back to the phones. Tony in Nolansville.
19: Good morning, General. Good morning, John. Good morning,
1: Tony. There you go. Uh I'll be quick on
19: that. Y'all have had an early talk about the Stackhouse situation and stuff. Yeah. Guys, I'm going to just be honest First of all, let me give John, you, and Hoagie, when he was with the show on the John and Greg show, mm-hmm. and Pat, a shout-out to y'all. Y'all were the only, or are the still the only radio station, YouTube, podcast, or anything I know of that got Jerry Stackhouse to come on and and be a part of the show.
1: If yeah, we did. Yeah, that, that was I, that was last season, right? When we got when we got him on. Mm-hmm.
19: you were the y'all are the only ones to have got this guy to make an appearance, and that's what's a major problem with him: his total disconnect with the student body, the fan base. I mean, he's hired to win basketball games, not to kiss babies and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But if people thought Kevin Stallings was a reserve individual, this guy set the bar to another standard. And with that being said, just his total disconnect with everybody like that, nobody knows one thing of who he is. Uh, there is some speculation about it. the one of the female assistant coaches that's right there always with him. She seems to step in the huddle, and when she steps in, it's like uh, uh, E.F. Hutton stalking. Because, I mean, everybody else just shuts up. But just his whole persona of how he comes across to the fans, to the student body, to everybody. Like I say, he was hired to win games. That hasn't happened. So just with that type of disconnect, I think that goes a long way as far as just another thing what everybody has
2: in a negative connotation towards it, well, and' I don't agree with that, yeah, and i I agree with you, tony And like you talked about, he's there to win basketball games, but if you're not and you have some sort of rapport with the fans. if the fans like you, I don't know you you got some wiggle room now maybe uh, if the
1: fans this market's you, unique where it, they kind of uh, maybe because they have so much access to country music right. stars and stuff. You kind of expect it to be kind of out and about in the community a little bit and, and build a connection if you're, you know, a coach or a big time athlete or whatever, right? Now, of course, in that'll
2: that only gets you so far. In year five, I don't know if that would have helped you any, but I agree. I mean, he could have bought himself a lot more time, at least with the fan base, to give him a chance. Now, his job, I don't think, really having, I don't know how much that goes into it, but I, I agree with you, Tony.
1: Tony, thanks for
19: the call, and, man. I mean, we got I a motor. Just thought about this.
1: Thanks buddy. Sorry we didn't mean to cut Tony off there, but we got to we got to take our last break come back wrap up the show right after this. Looking for something to take your mind off this
15: traffic? How about a true story of instant success? Did you hear about the two friends who went grocery shopping in Ashland City and picked up everything on their list, plus $75,000? Or the one where a truck driver made a last-minute stop off Interstate 40 and drove off with a cool million? All their lives changed in an instant, and yours could, too. So stop by your local retailer for your chance with instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing, life-changing fun.
9: Ask your doctor today about Sky Rizzy, the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis. And visit skyrizzy.com or call 1 866 Sky to learn more.
0: That's eight 649 142
12: When was the last time you did something fun with family, friends, co workers, and clients? What if I told you about a place under one roof that offers affordable entertainment for all ages? That's what you'll find at Strike and Spare family fun centers in Donaldson, Hermitage, Tusculum, Hendersonville, and Murfreesboro with bowling games, food, drink, and entertainment for all ages. Enjoy an enhanced experience in Hendersonville or Murfreesboro, where they feature additional fun with bumper cars, laser tag, roller skating, and more. All locations are open seven days a week, including holidays. Visit online at StrikeSphersburg.com strikeandspare.com. Strike and Spare, where fun is bowling.
1: Hey, it's John Burton from News Channel 5. And it's Patton Cook from Nashville Sports Radio. We are excited for our new show, JB and the General, every Monday through Friday right here on WNSR Nashville Sports Radio.
2: Talking all things Titans, Nashville SC, Preds, anything you want, we can talk
1: and we don't mind going off the beaten path once in a while as well. Again, that's every Monday through Friday, 9 to 11, right here on WNSR. Nashville SC tonight in the DR, taking on Mocha FC in the first leg of the champions cup also the predators in action tonight they're in la to take on the kings I believe that's a 9 30 face off
2: six o'clock tonight
1: for nashville SC. six o'clock tonight for nashville sc good luck finding the game
2: <laughs> yeah uh might have to be on top of your roof with some barbed wire mm-hmm. and uh a clothes thing what about and-
1: univision uh, as far
2: as I'm seeing... Or the, Telemundo. Um, there are, looks like there's no um, Spanish-speaking channels tonight. It is just Fox Sports 2.
13: All right. Well... So,
1: um,
2: yep, excited for it. First Nashville SC yep. game. Soccer season's here. Yeah, and the Preds
1: coming off a win a couple of nights ago in uh, Vegas, beating the Golden Knights. And uh, they're in Los Angeles tonight as they continue their five-game road trip. This is game number two. Uh. Before we get out of here, let's check the uh text lines, patent 6158445600. Yeah, Kevin in Mule
2: Town, he set us up here uh, late um responding first to the uh, Stackhouse press conference. His quote, uh, dang, he didn't know coach Stack was on Jesus's level.
1: Oh, come on, Mulehead. Um, come on. <laughs> Kevin, you're better than that. Stop. That's just you know um, freaking Mulehead. Go one, ahead, what else? And
2: one more. Did someone say Golden State? Uh, oh, you know. About the, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. He's probably shimmying out, yep. in the, uh, out in the mule fields right now. Yeah, well. Yeah, Golden State's going nowhere this year, pal. Okay? And they blew a 3-1 lead to who? LeBron James. Le- LeBron James. They got the Lakers tonight. That's Golden right. State, NBA's back. That's the right. State NBA Hink. is back. And
2: you know who's not playing tonight?
1: Shimmy, shimmy. Coco LeBron. Pop. No, LeBron's out. Yeah, I know. I know. He's probably getting ripped for it. You oh, know? you know you. We, we know this, right? You know, well, Jordan would have played. Kobe would have played. Shut up! Wow. You know, some of the people. Sometimes you just. That's why we love doing this show. Smile and wave. That's right. Smile and wave. <laughs> hey, seven fifteen tonight. We've got Tennessee State men's basketball. Greg Pogue. If you want to hear call. Greg Pogue. Yeah, there you go. If you miss in. Greg Pogue, you listen to him tonight. Coming up this afternoon, we got the McFarlins. They welcome your phone calls. And they mean it. Jim Rome coming up straight ahead. Who's Tennessee State play tonight? Why don't I... My computer's slow. Hang on. Hold on, people. Hold on. I know, we're running out of time here. Tennessee State is hosting Eastern Illinois... So 7:15 pregame 7:30 first tip. All right, thanks for listening everybody. Jim
18: Rome is next. See you tomorrow.